Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. The ambitions of Michael Rubin continue, and it's why he's one of the most talked about people in the sports business. That's the lead to your morning buzzcast for Tuesday, August 10th. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcor. Hope everybody is doing well. Big news from Fanatics this morning. It has raised a new round of funding and has declared plans to branch into multiple vertical businesses in sports. While Fanatics has largely been around sports merchandise, now they announce plans to get into areas like NFTs, sports betting, and sports media. But first, let's start with the funding. It has raised a new round of funding valuing the company at $18 billion. Investors of this latest round of $325 million include Jay-Z, Rock Nation, MLB, and Silver Lake. Now it will use that money to develop other lines of businesses, such as ticketing, such as media, such as sports betting, and gambling. So why does Michael Rubin think that he can get into these businesses? Well, just look at what they have. They're sitting on data on millions of sports fans around the world. They have technology, they have distribution channels, and they have a back-end e-commerce platform. That is why they believe they can scale across vertical businesses. And remember, Fanatics hiring both Tucker Kane from the Los Angeles Dodgers and Matt King from FanDuel sent a signal that Ruben had more ambitious moves on the horizon. These two are two heavyweights who understand the industry and where it's going. And I imagine them playing a leading role as Michael Rubin charts his roadmap for future growth in various vertical businesses across sports. And today's news of another round of funding and plans to enter new verticals is just the first step. So Fanatics is a company and Michael Rubin is a person to continue to watch in the sports business. Let's shift to the Olympics because the final numbers are in and the Tokyo Games are the least watched summer games by far, according to our Austin Carp. NBC's total audience delivery from Tokyo of 15.5 million viewers is down 44% from Rio in 2016 and down 49% from London in 2012. The closest comparable number to Tokyo is from Sydney. Yes, Sydney in 2000. And that is still down a whopping 28% from this year's games. So we've talked about all the reasons that these summer games just didn't draw as big an audience as previous games. But the event still delivered major audiences for NBC. The Olympics will likely rank as the number two event on primetime TV for this upcoming season, only behind Sunday Night Football 
also on NBC, and NBC Universal has publicly stated they made a nice profit around the games. Ad sales alone exceeded $1.2 billion, although the company did have to offer some make goods to companies disappointed by the viewership. Remember, NBC Universal paid more than about a billion dollars for the exclusive right to cover the Tokyo Games in the United States. That was part of a larger deal to cover the Olympics through 2032. So the bottom line is NBC still has a number of good talking points to share with the public. They also showcased their technology, their digital platforms performed well, as not surprisingly, Peacock saw its best two weeks of usage during the Tokyo Games. Again, not surprising considering all the promotion and all the content that was on the streaming service. But for NBC, I'm sure executives at NBC Universal are just relieved the games are completed and in the books, but the numbers were not as strong as certainly they had hoped. But it wasn't just NBC and the U.S. audience that was smaller. Interesting story out of our global feed last night, the BBC's TV audience in the U.K. was down more than 50% from what the BBC registered in 2016, and these Olympic Games were the least-watched summer games of the last three summer games. Remember, Beijing, London, and Rio. So some soft numbers in the UK as well. We will continue to monitor global viewership of the Olympics as we crunch the numbers. Meanwhile, we talked yesterday on the Buzzcast about the success of the U.S. women and the U.S. women's teams in Tokyo. Here's an interesting item. Women's events drove the majority of Olympic betting during the two weeks. That's according to data from PointsBet. Roughly 60% of the betting action around the Tokyo Games was around women's competitions. I find that fascinating. That's a big change from non-Olympic months when the NFL, NBA, and MLB, I think they drive about 90% of points books handle, but not during the two weeks of the Olympics. More bets on women's competition during the summer games. Let's shift to some other news. We mentioned yesterday on the Buzzcast about Barstool Sports talking to a sports property about broadcasting some games. Well, the New York Post reported that it's Major League Baseball that Barstool Sports is talking to. They are in talks about having a national midweek baseball game on the Barstool platform. No deal is close with MLB, and the New York Post suggested that Barstool and MLB could team up to create a broadcast with a heavy focus on in-game betting. Now, we know Major League Baseball wants to be in front of a younger audience. We know that Commissioner Rob Manfred is open to trying new things and taking risks, and Barstool certainly can deliver a young audience. But Major League Baseball has to be prepared for, and I'm sure they are, the critics who will push back on any deal that baseball could reach with Barstool because of the site's following and of the site's reputation. And many baseball traditionalists really criticized any potential deal yesterday on Twitter when news began to emerge that baseball was in talks with Barstool. So this is a very interesting story that bears watching. Staying in that space, gambling companies continue to build up their content offerings, and the latest move is the Action Network signing one of Stadium's top reporters, Brett McMurphy. Brett McMurphy is a very, very strong college sports reporter. He'll start at the Action Network as their college football insider later this week. His last day at 
Stadium is Thursday, so the move to hire the well-regarded Brett McMurphy fits into Action Network's strategy of building out a strong editorial team. They want to bring a lot of breaking news that would interest sports bettors and sports gamblers. Again, it's all about finding sticky ways to keep users engaged, and gambling companies see strong content and breaking news in insider analysis as a sure way to recruit and renew subscribers. That's exactly what the Action Network is thinking when it brings on Brett McMurphy as its college football insider later this week. And finally, let's end the buzzcast around people. Nashville SC CEO Ian Ayers has signed an extension with the club through 2026. Ian Ayer is the former CEO of Liverpool. He has been leading Nashville and their soccer efforts since 2018. His extension runs through 2026. Not coincidentally, that's the same time as the 2026 World Cup in North America. Nashville is bidding to host games during the World Cup, and they see Ian Ayer as a key piece to that. But even outside bidding for the World Cup, Nashville SC has a lot going going on. The club is building its stadium at the Nashville Fairgrounds. It will be the largest soccer-specific venue in North America at more than 30,000 seats. It's expected to be completed by mid-May of next year. They've, of course, been playing at Nissan Stadium, but Ian Ayer staying with Nashville SC through 2026. So that is your morning buzzcast for Tuesday, August 10th. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody has a great day. Stay healthy. Be good to each other. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.